spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down! Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond the- Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast brought to you by Believe Podcast Networks, powered by Bet Online. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by all Panthers SI beat writer Skylar Callahan and the Panthers all time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. We got a lot to get to today. Um, this will be our, our final episode until after the Super Bowl. So we've got a lot to throw in. Um, brand new head coach, brand new general manager since the last time you saw us. Uh, we're going to talk about Dan Canales. And, or excuse me, uh, Dave Canales and Dan Morgan, um, their press conference from Thursday morning. We got some clips from there, so we'll respond, react to those. Um, the NFC AFC Championship games, we'll give our reactions to that. We think might win MVP for the season because the NFL honors will be on uh, before we're back on. Uh, and the Super Bowl. Uh, can anything can anything on earth stop Pat Mahomes and Taylor Swift? Because this thing is coming. Like it's it's like a train coming down the track that the NFL and nobody wants to get in front of. But everybody's complaining about it on social media, so we're gonna we're gonna of course talk about that too. Uh, it's open mailbag, so if you've got a question, a comment, you want to talk about what you saw today from the press conference itself, you can do so here, of course. And um, we'll be with you here till about the top of the hour. Um, before we get into it, though, a quick word from our sponsors over at Bet Online with the NFL playoffs here right now and the NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And where we will begin is the press conference from earlier today. Um, shout out to Richard checking in with us. Now, imagine my delight. I turn on the... the uh, the cast to my TV in my living room this morning so I can watch the press conference. And the very first thing I see is my boy Jay Stu sitting with uh, Moose Muhammad and uh, a bunch of uh, OGs. And right in front of them is my man, Skylar Callahan. Like they're both like, I'm seeing them on the TV while I'm watching this press conference. I'm in here geeking out like a little school kid. I'm like, yeah, those are my people. They're, they're on the TV. Um, what was the vibe in there today, guys? Cause you both were there and I've got comments from Dan in just a minute where he actually uh, uh, gave a shout out to Stu about the type of players they want. Um, give me the vibe in there today. Uh, how did it make you feel compared to how you felt, oh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, <laughs> the week 18 when we came in here to do the show? Uh, Stu, I'll start with you. <laughs> um, 
I mean, to be honest, man, like it was just a different, it was definitely a different feeling in there. Um, the word that I can use throughout this whole process, um, which I think should give people a fresher breath air is authentic. Um, and I think what it comes down to is I think as a fan, um, I'm learning how to be a fan of football, right? Like I've obviously played for this organization, um, New York Giants, played in college. Um, the last time I was truly a fan of a football team was when I was a little kid. <laughs> so, um, and so I think, you know, as the years have gone by, you know, six years now, five years, six years, I am learning how to adjust my expectations. I'm learning to understand, you know, as what the fan is expecting. I'm learning also how to balance that as far as a guy that's played this game um, and understanding the reality of, of expectations. Going into today, my expectations were were low. <laughs> um, as they should be. <laughs> you know, and, and but 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 and it's and it's only from this from the standpoint of only time can tell. You know, only time can tell these situations. And you know, anyone listening to this, you know, as as a you know, Carolina Panther fan, a football fan. You're, if you're experiencing any transition within your or in the, in, within your organization, you have to be patient. And I know that has been the message and the tale of all time for the Carolina Panthers, but you have to be patient. And I think one of the things that go hand in hand with that is you have to be patient with the right coach. And I think that we've got our right pick. Everything that he said today, and obviously, only time can tell. But everything he said today, you know, is everything as a player you would want to hear. And not just what he said, how he said it. It was with conviction. And it wasn't with this, like, you know, this, like, eager macho mentality of, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It was, you know, one of the things that I take away from everything about that setting was the environment, the atmosphere, the culture, everything in there. I felt like I left a better person a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Listening to to Dave, Um, you know, because one of the one of the words he kept saying was service. And if you think about it, man, this is what this industry is all about. It's an entertainment service. Like football is a product that people come to see and watch. And the players' jobs and the coaches' jobs and you know, everybody in the front office, their job is to service the fans. And in order to get the best product, you got to service the players. And so everything that they were talking about today was making the players better, getting better players, so that way we can win games. And it's 
And so the way he was talking, it was simplified. And obviously there's variables and things that have to take place and alignment, like the words alignment. Mm -hmm. I love, he continued to use the word alignment. And people were in there asking crazy questions about, well, what do you mean by alignment? Oh, <laughs> yeah. alignment is when you are unaligned. Yeah. You alignment are... is alignment. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you not get about being aligned? It's almost um, like they knew they were going to get some of those wild questions that they just didn't want to answer. So they already knew yeah. coming in, this this is what we're but, saying. Um, <laughs> but he, handles him, he handled himself with so much poise and... And, and that's one of the things that I think we haven't seen for quite some time is someone that's just authentically themselves. Because at the end of the day, good football players can sniff BS from a mile away. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had the honor to talk with Musa Muhammad, uh, Mike Rucker, and um, Luke Keekley the other day um, at the stadium. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about was you can't fool you know, a guy in the locker room, you know, like guys know whether they're going to buy into something that's worth buying into. And this is something that, you know, this hire and his qualification, his background, everything about him says any guy in that locker room right now has bought in. They're going to buy in and that's all you can ask for as far as like, you know, having a guy leading a team in an organization. And then you take Dan Morgan and put him and pair him with this, you know, head coach. I mean, it's, you got two guys that are just authentically themselves. Yeah. You just like, like different. It's, it's just it's different, so but, different, too. but different. And yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Cause you're going to get a guy that's like, maybe like, you know, over the top of one thing and, you know, like, I really like this guy. And it's going to be like, well, this is what I don't like about this guy. Well, why don't you like it about it? So, like, there's going to be a lot of good conversation about who they're going to draft, who they're going to bring in, who's going to be, you know, their top free agent, um, who's going to make the roster, all those types of things. I love it. And I love that they have history um, and just everything that Dan, you know, stands for and represents as a as a former player. And now being in this executive role, um, you know, nobody deserves it more than him. You know, if you look at his, you know, his journey to get to where he is, like, you know, as a football player, he's at the top of his position and it gets stripped away from him because his health literally, hey, this is not good for you anymore. Dan was a monster. Seven was, years into the oh. seven years into the in, into his you know his product on the field and but then he gets this like opportunity that just leads him full circle to be the head guy that gets to bring in and make decisions of guys that he wants to 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 revitalize this you know organization that's huge man and and if you're a panther fan and you're thinking to yourself man we got to get back to the old ways and and this and that and this. I mean, I've even seen people say we need, you know, Luke Keekley to be the coach. <laughs> well, I've seen that so many times. <laughs> you got Dan Morgan, you got Dan Morgan, and he is the GM and the president. So um, president of football. So, like, you basically have what you're asking for. Um, 
as as a Panther fan. And I love the fresh blood, man, with um Canellas, man. He he's he, if I was still playing and I and I had a conversation with him like I did today, I'm running through a wall. Ready to go. You ready Straight to go? And Look. I think, and so going back, and I'll end with this, and then we can move on. But like, I think one of the things that, um, the difference between last year and the year before, or not the year before, but you know, the time, the the you know, the coaching conference, uh, news conference, um, right. uh, yeah, with Reich and and Rule, um, I feel like people left not needing to be convinced, and and I'm not saying like they won people over or they won like they, Oh, we're going to automatically have success. I'm not saying any of that, but what I am saying is you left feeling comfortable. Mm. You left feeling, okay, we're, we're in good hands. You know, this organization's in good hands. Um, a sense of pride, um, to, you know, to be able to walk, you know, in that stadium, walk out of the stadium, you should have a sense of pride right now going into this off season. And you should think to yourself, what does patience look like? Because you're going to have to be patient because this is, I think they're building the right staff um, front office. It's going to take time to get the right players. Um, you look at the 49ers 2017, right? You look at how um, Shanahan and John Lynch came together and it took them six years to reach this point, right? So it's going to take time, but it doesn't have to take six years either. So, um, Skyler, uh, your thoughts on because you were in there too, reporting for all uh, all Panthers SI, and you were in there last year when the whole situation was going on with Frank Wright and everything. What was the main difference to you today, sitting there listening to Dan and Dave talk? I mean, I'm going to echo a lot of what Stu just said. Um, but I think he hit the nail right on the head there with the comfort thing, because when you left Frank's press conference, I wasn't there. I actually got in about a month or two after Matt got the job. So I wasn't there for that press conference, but last year with Frank, you could see the vision somewhat because of the, of the history and the experience that he had. You knew he was a, had that experience as a head coach. He's been a play caller. He's worked with really good quarterbacks before and you just kind of felt like you were just going to have to bank on that and and expect that to, to carry over to here to Carolina. Dave is almost the polar opposite in that he doesn't have that head coaching experience. He's only had one year as an offensive coordinator, but you left the room thinking, well, damn, that guy knows what his vision is. Yes. And, and there's no questions about it. And it's the same thing with Dan Morgan in that, they know what they're going to do. They understand that this team is not where it needs to be and that it is very far from where it needs to be. And it's going to take a lot of time to get to where it needs to be. But it's not if it's going to happen. To, for them, it's when it's going or when it's going to happen. And what, what does it take to get there? And I think you could just tell by the way that they speak. I mean, Dan, he's still got that, that serious look in his eye. Like, he wants to play right now. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to go play football right now. <laughs> go right, right before I left, I, I just I went up to him, told him congratulations and 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 everything, and and you could just tell like this is this is going to get turned. <laughs> like you just had that feeling, and I don't know that you had that feeling last year 
um, with Frank. But with Dave, I, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I, I'd been told, you know, by our Tampa Bay publisher at SI, you know, look, he's going to be someone that's going to be very thoughtful in his answers. He's not going to shy away from any questions. He's going to tell you how it is. He's going to go in very in-depth on, on questions that you don't even think are in-depth, but that's just who he is. And, I mean, I've heard that kind of stuff before, but you go to the press conference today and you're like, yeah, this is exactly who this guy is. He's like he's he's made for this. He's made yeah. to he's 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 made to lead men, people, women, boys. Like he's made to like and you can almost like sense like when you have a guy that can just be himself. honest and be himself and, Genuine. and and be an open book is basically how he presented himself today. Um you know, shedding tears like that, 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 that to me as, as a family man, as a, as a dad, as a husband, um, mm. it means a lot, you know, what I got, because, I because what it, what it does though, it, it, it humanizes things and, and it puts himself out there in a the sense that allows, especially in this world, in the, in this, in this NFL world, this NFL business, um, to be vulnerable like that, that, that takes a, a whole different type of person. It tapes a person that's confident and who him who he is, who his family is, um, where he is, and where he wants to go. I, that's a guy that I can get behind and follow. Yeah, um, like too. I mean, I think with Frank, it was more so like when things started to go bad last year, it was like they were searching for answers on the fly. They didn't know what to do, and I think maybe part of that had to do with the the disalignment. The quarterback, like they weren't all on the same page where Dave comes in and it's like, he's already got the answers. He knows what he's going to do with Bryce. He knows what he's going to do to fix the offensive line. He already knows what he's going to do to fi find guys to help around. Bryce. I was so, I was surprised that he actually, when they asked him about that with Bryce Young today, that he was so prepared to, to basically say, look, at that height that you can't just necessarily see everything over the line. So you got to do things and scheme them. So he's got position to actually see some space and nobody's ever talked of it that way before, really, even though we all know it, it's all, I mean, common sense, but no one's ever really said it out loud. And he said it. And when he said it, I was like, Oh, okay. He gets it. He understands. Like this Skyler, <laughs> you're, 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 you're the journalist here. So you're good at uh, remember, remember, remembering quotes. Uh-huh. So what was the quote he had about um, Pete Carroll as far as, like, thinking ahead, always thinking ahead, always looking ahead? Um, when, oh, when he was talking uh, about, was you know, don't just look at the quarterback. Like, just don't, look, don't just look at the quarterback. You got to yeah. look at, you know, where the routes are developing, like, you know, what coverages are happening, like, just, like, forward thinking. And part of that forward thinking is when things suck right now, you got to look ahead. You got, you got not look ahead, but you got to, you got to know that what's ahead is better than what's now. And that, and if you're doing the things necessary, such as the mentality of winning every day, like today was a win, man, like, come on, man, this is messaging for not just football, but for life, little yeah, kids, <laughs> little kids in school. Like this is a guy that, you know, can go to, to elementary school and kids will be like, yeah. <laughs> and then this is a guy that can go speak in front of, you know, a Fortune 500 company and people are like, yeah, let's go sell our rocks off. 
It's like, almost like he shows up on ice cream <laughs> everywhere he goes. Like he's he's yeah. that dude. You know, so and, the, the <laughs> but 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 also he's not selling dreams though. This is all right. like yeah. authentic and real tangible things that people can take and say, yeah, I'm empowered. So let's me let me go do my job. And you know but, what the what Dave kind of brought to the table today, and I, I didn't really expect it. And I, I've kind of noticed it over the last week or so since he's got the job. But you guys can probably agree with this. Over the last six or seven years, I think we it'd be fair to say that there's been a fairly major disconnect between the fans and those that run the football team, whether it be the owner, GM, or coach. There's not been this we're all in this together thing, right? There's not been that family type of environment that Stu, you, and Cam Newton, and, and Jerry Richardson, and that whole group that was in that building had. Today, it felt like that's starting to come back. You have a guy who is a, a son of the Carolina Panthers and Dan Morgan. You have Dave Canales, who, who is engaging with the fans and doesn't take that, that head coach label as, oh, I'm so distant from you and I don't need to hear you. I don't need to, to, to voice my opinions to you. He's out on social media talking to the fans. Like, yeah, I love, I love this that. This is what I think this organization desperately needed is they needed somebody that that could connect with the fans, that the fans could rally behind and say, you know what, that guy right there that's on the screen, that's our guy. That's our head coach. They haven't been able to say that for the last – how many ever years since Ron left, right? Yeah, really. Um, so my quick takeaways, and then we'll get to their uh, their audio. Um, number one, Dave Canales is one of those human beings that does not need an alarm clock. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's the type of dude that his body naturally wakes up before his alarm goes off because he can't wait to start his day. He can't wait to get into his world and do whatever it is he's going to be doing. You know, that's the energy for sure. Yeah, that as soon as I heard him talk, I'm just like, oh, he's one of those. He's one of those folks that's like his alarm is at 6:15. His body's naturally up at 5:30. Let's go. Let's do this. And he's gonna, he's it's infectious. Like when you're talking, when you're listening to him talk, just him having so much enjoyment in what he does, it makes you want to kind of go along for the ride with him. So that was my first takeaway. The second takeaway after watching kind of most everything else and then seeing Twitter and uh, Joe person talking about stuff going on after uh, the press conference, it honestly feels like the Teppers are taking a step back. It feels like they're not really as involved this time around in terms of picking the coaches and how it's going to work and the dynamic and who reports to who it feels like they went back to the, like the Matt rule method where Dave Canales, this is your, your staff, you put it together and we've seen him start to put uh, people on people. He knows one of the things we didn't realize that, all these uh, coaches from last year that were with Frank Wright, Frank hadn't really worked with any of them. So this was doomed from the start. <laughs> like we propped it up so large, but if you just think about the basic parts of running a football team, it wasn't going to work and it didn't work. But this, this feels a little different. And now it feels like, I think I saw something like Tampa Bay has like, uh, like half the team is free agents or something like that. So like they're talking about Mike Evans and uh, a bunch of other dudes that might come over. Uh, Mike Evans had glowing words for Dave Canales and Brad uh, Isdick, uh, the the new offensive coordinator who's coming over from Tampa Bay as well. Um, maybe you start picking up some guys on free agency because of the strength of who you hired. And then finally, Dan Morgan, uh, who I've got comments from him right here, I had to pull uh, when he was talking about the type of players that they want to bring in. Um, and he was very specific about it. And he was very specific about uh, who gave him that idea. Here's uh, Here's Dan Morgan talking about the type of players they want to bring in was um, 
you know, just kind of wanted to talk about like the type of players that we want to bring in here and just DNA wise. Um, first of all, we, we, we need to find those leaders, those competitors, as Jay Stu would say, those dogs, like we need some dogs. Like we got to get some guys about football. <laughs> they love football. They want to come out every day and compete on the practice field in the weight room. We need competitors. We got to bring that back here. We got to bring that back here to Bank of America Stadium to where people get excited about coming to see our team. Um, we're super passionate about bringing a team that the fans can be proud of, um, that our, you know, players can be proud of. Like when when they when we, when teams drive up to this stadium, we want them to fear that logo. The logo has to be feared again. That part when he was saying that stuff. That stuff was getting me hyped. I was like, okay, Dan gets it. Because this is the stuff that this is stuff I've been I've been confiding to both Stu and Skyler for months that I was worried was gonna disappear. Like I didn't want that aspect of Panther culture to go away because somebody came in as the new GM and they're coming from Indianapolis or Miami or wherever. And what yes, we don't have a Super Bowl winning culture, but we do have a culture and it's been cultivated for over 27 years. And I didn't want to lose it. And Dan, like we said a couple of weeks ago. He's now the bridge. He's the bridge from the past Panthers to current Panthers to the future. And from his comments here, he understands that. That's the big part. He understands he's the bridge. And he knows exactly what he needs to do, not just to make this a good team, but to make this a team that Panther fans recognize. And that's what I was wanting to hear. And he hit it directly on the head. Um, he also went into uh, terms about uh, players with uh, like guts, like Jake DeLome. Because right now, it's not feared. So we got to get that back. But I think it starts with getting the right type of players. And it's guys like you, like Thomas Davis, Jonathan Stewart, Hussein Muhammad. We got to get those type of guys. Um, we want players with grit. You know, we want players like Steve Smith, you know, play with a chip on your shoulder. No holds bar. He's not taking any prisoners. Um, we need those type of guys. Instincts and tenacity of Thomas Davis. And Luke Keekley, guys like that that can make plays. Uh, we need playmakers out there. Oh, and when you uh, when someone, I think it was you, Stu, that mentioned um, the thing about Luke Keekley. Although he's never coached anywhere, I swear, dude, I heard him on uh, Up and Adams this morning with Kay Adams, and he was talking about what you do to stop Travis Kelsey. He sounds like a coach. <laughs> he sounds like a straight up defensive coordinator and a Luke, good one. <laughs> Luke, Luke, Luke Keekley is one of the best football minds that people that love and enjoy the game of football will ever witness he's a damn computer um, yeah basically <laughs> he's literally a computer it's just i mean like some of the stuff he's saying i'm like well, i wouldn't even think that he was like you got to watch his eyes <laughs> he, like, bro, i swear you, bro like when we played the dallas cowboys on, the, on thanksgiving oh i remember i remember that game. like it was basically like hey uh luke how do you stop Tony Romo? Oh, don't worry about it. I have it programmed in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Two interceptions <laughs> later. And... <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Oh, uh, all right. oh I, but, I, um, need to, I need to uh, address this before we go any further. I don't know if y'all know, but my Twitter got hacked uh, this past week by some kind of crypto bot or something. So my, <laughs> my, my DZ underscore 3505 is no longer under my control. So it's putting out spam. It's I might need to follow you then because I ain't trying well, to get hit no, with that. Come follow, come follow me. At my, I had to make a new account 
Uh, it's Des Johnson underscore three five zero five. D E S Johnson underscore three five zero five. So if you've seen, so Stu, if I've been hitting you from that handle, that's actually me. <laughs> that's not someone yeah. pretending to be me. The Des three five zero five one is no longer under my control. And to make it worse, it feels like there's nobody running Twitter because I've actually had to go in there twice to tell them, hey, look, thing got compromised. I can't get in it. What can I do? And they basically the first time told me, well, we can't prove that you are you. So tough luck. You just have to make a new account. That's literally the email I got back from them. I'm like, what? And then my friend decided uh, to, to report it uh, on my behalf. I went in that way and it let me put in my driver's license picture. And I went in and looked. I'm getting blown up by people giving me messages like Hunter here. Uh, it's just putting Bitcoin like info on people's like, <laughs> like threads or whatever. It's like every minute it's about something about Bitcoin. It's crazy. So that is not me. Please leave that account. Come to my other account, Des Johnson underscore three five zero five. Um, the what made the job attractive? Because that's been the one question that uh, many people thought would people wouldn't come to this job was because of what was going on over the last couple of uh, parts of the more well, months of the season. And um, I think it was David, yeah, David Newton. David Newton asked the question and. Uh, this was, I thought, was an excellent response. And secondly, what were your thoughts coming to an organization that had fired three head coaches in five years? Yeah, so first and foremost, in Seattle, like we never were anywhere close to touching the first overall pick. And the more that I got ready for this interview and start watching Bryce, looking at my notes from his eval, I mean, that's just a year ago. You know, we're, we're evaluating him as a player, as a person, and with all the information that we could, I just got more and more fired up about the opportunity to have this amazing talent. And he's the guy, he's the right guy that you all, that we all talk about when we have that quarterback, that, that franchise face of the franchise type of player. Um, and that got me really excited. And then just on top of that, you know, the, I played against the Panthers twice and, and the job that EJ Evero did with the defense was really hard, really hard to deal with great sound football, playing hard, some great players in some spots and just the whole thing coming together. And then as I got to, you know, Dan and I have some history. So then I thought, shoot, if you look at some of the successful organizations, there's a dynamic relationship between the head coach and the GM. Um, and then of course, as I've gotten to meet the Teppers too, to feel their, com their competitive nature, their passion for what they want here, what they want to see when they come out to the practice field and just kind of knowing I can be that without faking anything, without having to make something up. I just, I just felt more and more like this was going to be a great home. And, and I was really hoping, you know, as, as they were sorting through the names that I would, I would come out on as one of the top candidates. So come on, come on in here. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's get to work. Like, I mean, literally he, he said everything I wanted him to say. And as he, when he was saying all of it, it made me go back to think about the Frank Wright press conference from last year. And it made me realize I made myself like Frank Wright last year because of the situation. Because we got to like. Yeah, I mean, Frank's, Frank's an easy guy to like. And I, but I think with Dave, too, the thing that may get overlooked by a lot of people is his ability to relate to the players today because he is a little bit younger. He's 42, but – I think, too, it's also the the calmness that he has in, like, look, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows, but if we go through some adversity, we're going we're gonna to be okay. We're going to find the answer. It's not panic. We're going to freak out and go all over the place to figure out what's wrong or go talk to somebody else about, like, we are going to sit down, we're going to figure it out. And that's why I think if you're going to put the future of a guy like Bryce Young in someone's hands, this is who you want it. 
right? Yeah. It's almost yeah. like the same thing. Like, I, uh, you know, you want someone that's that's nice and respectful to date your daughter, right? Well, it's kind of the same thing when you have that much invested in number one overall pick. You want someone that's going to make sure that they take care of them when you give them to them. And I, I don't see how that this doesn't end up benefiting Bryce Young in the greatest ways, because I, I truly feel like he's going to pull the very best out of him. He answered the questions, too, in terms of um, it was the only interview he had. No other teams have been questioned, you know, asking to interview him or whatever. So people took that as a detriment at first. But look what happened around the landscape after this hire. Ben Johnson went back to Detroit. So we had been sitting around waiting on Ben Johnson, and he went back to Detroit for a second straight year. You know how bad that would have looked, <laughs> like, for the Teppers and the franchise that we got jilted at the altar again? And he didn't even come in for a second interview again. Uh, Bobby Slowick decided to go back to the Texans. So he's not on the he's not out there anymore. Um, it feels like the commanders got stuck like uh, – uh, what's the game? Duck, Duck, Goose? Well, like, the only person that was left was Dan Quinn. <laughs> so they had yeah. to hire him. Think of, like – Let's think, let's think about this, right? Sean McVay, when he got hired by the Rams, was he highly sought? Was he highly sought out? Was he highly sought out? Nope, he was a up and coming young mind or whatnot, right? Dan Campbell. Right. Dan Campbell. Anyway, yep. He was an interim head coach for the Dolphins, and then obviously the Dolphins didn't retain, but the the, the Detroit Lions did. What I think is happening, bro, is what you know. You get the sportsology folks, right? And I think, you know, you get people that, you know, if they're data driven and, you know, go and fix, you know, businesses and companies um, and, and get them to where they can be a winning organization, you have to basically think of it as an investment. If Tesla went up, I don't know, 200 basis points tomorrow, right? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, cool. And then the next day, someone's like, oh, man, Tesla went up 200 basis points yesterday. So I'm going to buy it today. You're late. Yeah. <laughs> You're late I'm to the straight. party. Yep. Because it might crash the next day. You, 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 you should have <laughs> invested. <I'm> <laughs> you should have <laughs> done a little bit more research about what Tesla was doing <laughs> to where you can actually be a part of, you know, the, the you know, be ahead of the, the curve. Up the head of the curve, exactly. I wish the owner of Tesla and would get And what I think what we place. did was, you know, we saw a guy that nobody really knew about or knew about, but just wouldn't, wouldn't take the chance, right? And I think what everyone will end up having to do is looking at Mr. Tepper and saying, you know what? You did that. <laughs> That's where I want to full circle on this because I think he did it right. I think he 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 took the advice of the consulting firm and, and he yeah. said something today. Joe Person tweeted it out uh after the main happen so so Joe said that um somebody asked was he gonna talk again or something like that and uh Tepper just kind of smiled and was like no I'm in the background now and I thought that was so huge he only spoke for two minutes at the beginning of the press conference and uh for those that think he's like power hungry needs to be in the spotlight and all this stuff I honestly feel like he he took the advice of this firm and it's like, I'm stepping back. And if it blows up in our face, at least they can't point at me this time. Like, this is what we're going to do. Um, it's kind of a mic drop moment, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I honestly think like he like it sucks because, I mean, obviously things have transpired and you can't take things back. And, you know, what's wrong is wrong. What's right is right. But I think at the end of the day is like, you know, you have a passionate, you know, owner 
who just is passionate. He just wants to win. And 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 that's what you and that at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want an owner that wants to win. You want, you know, a president of football that wants to win. You want a GM that wants to win. You want a head coach. You want people that want to win and that are passionate about winning. Because that means that everyone will go the distance to make that happen. And I think what we're seeing is everything's finally, hopefully, well, only time can tell. But I feel pretty good about what's happening in the sense of the direction we're going. Um, I mean, you know, you talk about, man, I'm just excited about, you know, the, the you know, what's happening, you know, in that front office, like, I it's mean, so shoot, different like, from where we were like a month like, ago. I, like, I think that even the, just the scouting department right now, as far as like, Ooh, you know, yeah. under, un, under, you know, uh, Dan, Dan's um, leadership, the expectations of, you know, what you're looking at and, and who you're looking at are going to change. You know what I'm saying? Like you took, you take a guy like uh, Puka Nakua, right? They like the Rams saw nine games played, 48 receptions, 625 yards receiving five touchdowns and said, that guy is going to be a baller for us. <laughs> You know He's what I'm saying? It's a dude. And when he hit like fifth round, when he like a fifth round pick, fifth round pick, fifth round pick. Oh, he runs a four, five, seven, 40. Um, so like, Jerry Rice, yeah, <laughs> yeah Jerry was like, run a four, five, two. bench press 15, pretty strong for a receiver. Um, but like, that's what I'm excited to see, you know, as we continue to move forward under this new leadership as far as. What are we looking for? What type of player are we going to get? Are we going to get? Do you believe? Are we going to get the players that everyone's talking about? Are we going to find the diamonds in the rough? The next dudes. That's and that's yeah. when, we're, when we're good is because the next dudes have stepped out. It's yeah. not like a bunch of dudes that it's used to be fourth, good got better again. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the third and fourth and fifth round guys. Yes. And clearly, this year Brock Purdy's pr- proving, um, you oh, know, the, the last guy taken. The last guy taken can can make a difference. Oh, we're gonna well. rock here in about two seconds. Um, the uh, always talks about like the alignment thing, and and some people are asking why that's even a big thing. Just think about it like this, right? When Tepper hired Matt Rule, he had a sitting GM and Marty Herney who had been in the league for a while, has been a GM and made decisions. You go from that situation with Herney and Rivera to Herney, and you bring in a college coach, <laughs> okay? who's never had head coaching experience. He's only been in the NFL like a year, a couple years or whatever it was with the Giants. And you're going to give him all the power. Matt Rule had all the power over a guy that had been in the league for a long time. And he was run. running the social media accounts even. Like he was running everything. You go from that, <laughs> that dynamic was never going to work. No, no. You brought in Scott Fitterer. So Scott comes in, he gets his opportunity, but it's not – Scott's guy. I mean, Scott could say, you know what? Yeah, I could see how Matt Rule could could build this thing and I could help build it. But it's also an opportunity because GM jobs don't pop open nearly as much as a head coaching job. So if a GM head coach or GM job pops open, you're going to really try and get it. So that really wasn't going to work, especially when Matt was still kind of in control. You go and get Frank Reich. It doesn't work out. It didn't seem like Frank was really – set out, like I said, before we started recording, it just felt like he needed a year off. 
after what had went down in Indianapolis. And at that point, you just need to hit the reset button. You need to hire a head coach and a GM in the same offseason and allow the GM to have a say in that coach. Because now what we're seeing with what Dan and Dave is, look, these guys, they're, they're not just trying to get to know each other right now. They they've already had, know each other. Yeah, they've known each other for years, which and it shows. Like you can tell, go and work. So, so check this. So I talked to basically the head of like the historian for the Panthers today. And oh, check this uh, out, Dave. Yeah. Dave, yeah. And so check this out. So John Fox and Marty Herney. Mm-hmm. Marty Herney was doing something like in the front office, like doing stuff like maybe contracts or something like that um, for the San Diego Chargers. Right. And John Fox, I think he said, was coaching uh, DBs at the time. Uh, Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, For the San Diego Chargers, right? You have a coach. You have a front office guy. And then one day they say to themselves, oh, let's go coach. Let's go you know, bring some magic over there to the Carolinas. (laughs) (laughs) We know each each other. (laughs) We know each other. So let's go make it happen. (laughs) Like, that's how these things happen, man. Like, to be honest, like everything today was authentic and it was it was relationship oriented. It wasn't forced. It 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 wasn't wasn't forced. forced. It It wasn't like, yeah, yeah, it was like they're, you know, wanting to get back to the, you know, they keep pounding, but this is how you get back to the keep pounding. Yeah, you have Dan. You have Dan Morgan. He embodies keep pounding. He was coached by Sam Mills. He was he there was, when he said it. He 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 was there when he said it. He was he was a part of the culture when it became the culture, and so he knows what it looks like. He knows what it embodies. So, and then you have. Um, Dave Canellis, who comes in and, you know, embodies, you know, the energy to to make that impact and to deliver a message and a code. And and I love that how he was saying, you know, just even being on alignment with messaging, like, how are we talking to each other? What you what words are we using every day? That you know felt what I'm like, like towards what happened this past year in the building. He was witnessing it like that kind yeah. of to me, it was like a little jab. Like, yeah, we're not about that. We're not going to be doing the whole behind the back thing, the going to the yeah. owner. We're not doing that. That's not how we are. And that's not how we're going to operate. And I thought he did yeah. it perfectly. So yeah. um, he really put out that uh, there. We only got a little bit of time left here before we get to the top of the hour. Um, NFC AFC championship game thoughts from this past Sunday. Uh, can anybody stop Pat Mahomes? Like, we did we pick the Ravens? Where's my? I didn't pick the Ravens. I don't know who picked the Ravens. It wasn't me. Actually, yeah, someone can stop Pat Mahomes, but he's retired. Who's that? Tom Brady. Oh, <laughs> good riddance. That was man. man Skyler, you got some kids. You, Skyler, you got some kids on the way. Uh, not yet. That was such a dad joke. I never really was. <laughs> that was um, such a dad joke. Pat Mahomes and they're literally down to <laughs> Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey ain't even out here running routes anymore. Have you noticed this? He don't even run routes. He just he, yeah. he goes to the middle part of the zone and waits. That's what Rick was talking about. He just he finds the soft spot and sits in it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and he always finds them. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh Luke did a Luke did a great job explaining that, you know, 
what was that on? Uh, uh, up and Adams. Uh, up it's and on Adams. Is it Amazon or something. I don't. Kay Adams left. But, but uh, it's exactly what Adams. happens. You you take your eyes off him for a split second, and that's when Patrick Patrick Mahomes notices it, and he Back dumps up. it off. It's like, oh, I know where your eyes are. Yeah. <laughs> on my guy, my favorite target. <laughs> just kills him. Just kills him. Is um, that the Taylor Swift voice? <laughs> hey man, look. Everybody need to get off Taylor Swift, man. We do, we do. Oh. We've been defending her actually. I went back to some of the episodes. We've been defending Taylor Swift the past like month, really. Yeah, We're man, like, look, my daughter loves Taylor Swift, yeah. and she's she's doing her thing. She's positive. She's doing her thing. Just let if her do her if thing. You're, and if she's in that. love with she's in love with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, like, oh. come on, let yeah, let, yeah, let it happen. Let, let it happen. Yeah, let it happen. Like, if you're if you are a man watching football and you have daughters. And you're sitting there complaining on social media about uh, Taylor Swift taking up all of 30 seconds of your three and a half hour broadcast because she's on the screen. You need to be ashamed of yourself because you're showing a bad example to your kids. That this was a similar thing to the, the Tony Romo and and uh, what? Uh, Carrie Underwood. When he dating Carrie Underwood? Jessica Simpson. Oh, he was Jessica Simpson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he dated Carrie Underwood too. Tony Romo. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 it, was, it was one of them. But right. did they make the same? I, I'll put it like this: Did they make the same uh, uh, argument for how many times they showed uh, John Harbaugh in the booth? No, or not John, no. Jim, Jim Harbaugh. They showed Ooh. Jim Harbaugh in the booth like no. five times, watching the Ravens Giselle. get beat up. <laughs> Giselle, they showed her all the time. They it's it's really, it's you know what? It's really like this whole thing of like, oh, don't get swept away. Like yeah. it's the media that's doing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, her voice. Like, like, but it's it's the media. Like the media makes this thing bigger than what it really is, and so it's like, hey, look, this this Super Bowl. Make sure that you're watching the Super Bowl, and not being, you know, convinced that Taylor Swift is taking over the Super Bowl because she she's just there us. to watch her boyfriend. Yeah, she and don't care about us. <laughs> she don't care about y'all. Like, listen, like. She, she she don't got it. She don't need the. She don't need the hype. She don't need the attention. Can, uh, so just relax, let, people. Let me let me ask you this, Stu. Being a running back, how angry would you be if you were playing for the Baltimore Ravens and you're the number one? Oh man, let's get to this. Let's get and, to uh, this. Yo, y'all chose y'all chose the Ravens times. to win, right? Y'all chose the we, Ravens to win. I think we, no, I think I chose the Chiefs. I was like, I'm not betting against oh. Pat Mahomes in January. Like, I don't care who they're playing. Um, I can't find where I wrote it down. I can't remember. I, yeah, I probably chosen to win, but if I did, have the, shame on me. Division picks. I don't think we. But, I think we said that Pat Mahomes was going to beat him. Like somehow he was going to figure it out. But how do they run the ball but, six times? In the but to, yeah, to be to answer your question, I would be extremely mad. And you know, we had a kind of a similar experience. Me and D'Angelo, my rookie year, we made the playoffs, and it turned out really bad. Um, <laughs> what year was that? Oh eight. Oh eight. Yeah, and had some things that go our way, obviously in the game, turnovers and turnovers, you know, keep you from running the ball sometimes. But I do recall, like maybe we had eight carries or something like that that game. And was that the Arizona that game? Yeah. Oh, that's and why. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you didn't get the ball because so, I remember what was going on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, it's oh, it's. No. It's it's it, but like the Ravens had it in the bag. They had it in their game plan and within their DNA. Listen, Lamar Jackson. Oh, 
We wow. need you to be Lamar Jackson. We don't need to... you to be the best quarterback in the nation and in the world. Like, we need you to be Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson can be better than the best quarterback in the world. It was almost like he was trying to prove he could win the game by just passing the football. And it backfired on him. Like, because yeah, some of those people just took off. Use them legs. Use them yeah. legs. Especially when you can they, use them. If they're not open, run. They got them there. This is what really. Yeah. Look, yeah. look at Brock Purdy. That's what and, Brock Purdy and did. Then, and then not just that, like the offense, I blame it on the offense coordinator. At some point, you can't just be like getting bullied by your quarterback. Like, I'm, I have a feeling, you know, Lamar Jackson yeah. might be like, hey, I, this is what we're going to do. Like, I'm going to do that. this. Like you know what I'm saying, and, and like I I'm I'm with that, but you as an offensive coordinator, you have a job and a duty to put guys in in the positions to win, and he didn't do that. Like George you got at some point, he didn't huh? get the job in Carolina. So yeah. what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, he can stay wherever he at. I don't want him here. Yeah, they, yeah, he was <laughs> at the very end. I was like, no, no, no. Like Dan Quinn, no, no, no. Like, last thing I saw from him, <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, I would, but like, I would, but what I will say though is like, you need to, if you have it, like, what they said in the press conference today, Carolina Panthers, you have a plan, you execute the plan, you are aligned on the plan. You have a process to follow, and once you have a process to follow, you execute the process. Like all these things, is not it's, it doesn't just get pulled out of thin air. Like you know, what I'm saying as far as you know, executive decisions, coaching staff, like implementing the game plan. The guys that are winging it on the fly are the guys running the ball, playing football, making tackles. Those are the guys that have to figure it out on the field because it's not going to always be what's drawn up you know what i'm saying so those so the players are the ones that have to navigate the the what ifs and the unfamiliar territory while you're out there on the field and so shame on the offensive coordinator for that game yeah and we've seen it happen before uh we've seen kyle shanahan fall into it in that super bowl against the patriots where he just stopped running the football for some reason and you know Half later and some overtime. There you go. Uh, I know Skyler's got because he got another show coming up here in just a second. So before he goes, Super Bowl predictions: Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers, the rematch from four years ago. Uh, instead of it being Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for San Francisco, it is Brock Purdy. Uh, instead of Pat Mahomes showing up with a bunch of uh, fifth grade kids for his offensive line, I think he's actually showing up with a, an actual one <laughs> this year and and a much better defense than he had four years ago too. And Taylor Swift with uh Travis Kelsey. They're all coming along too. So who you got? Kansas City, San Francisco. It's the Super Bowl. Skyler. Man, I I, I want to go with with Kansas City. And and like you've said before many times, every time you want to go against them, it just it backfires. But mm-hmm. when you look at them on paper, I think San Francisco is the more talented team. Like They've got weapons all over the place. George Kittle, Christian, I mean, Debo, Brandon Ayuk. Like, I mean, it's just insane. The defense doesn't get enough love. I mean, you got Fred Warner, Bosa, Armstead, the list goes on. They and traded like a second for Chase Young in the middle of the year. <laughs> He's on that. That team is so ridiculously stacked, it's, it's not even fair. But Kansas City, I mean, Rasheed Rice is starting to become a player, I think. Mm. You know, some guys are stepping up. Pacheco has really become a real nice player. But I'm, I'm going to go with San Francisco. I just think it's their year. 
it feels like it's it's been building for a little while now. They just needed the right quarterback to do it. As you guys know, I'm still a little skeptical on Brock because I still think a lot of it is the pieces that are around him, but he can still make plays too. So <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Niners. I shouldn't even say it that way because Brock made some Brock made some plays on uh, Sunday, but game managers can do that. I mean, game managers can make plays. They just don't make 50 plays in a game. Uh, Stu, we got 49ers, Chiefs. Should be a good one. I think this was the matchup we both we all said we wanted to see. I think uh, if we had to pick one, yeah. As a matter of fact, I think in the beginning of the season, I actually predicted this. I predicted the Chiefs and the Niners. Don't look for the receipts. Don't look for the receipts. But just know that that's what happened. I, I told everybody that this is going to happen. Um, but uh, you know, I think the 49ers are going to win. Um, wow, and. It's hard for me to do that and say that out loud because last week I thought the Baltimore Ravens were going to win. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh huh. But um, I think what changes for me is a fella like Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Uh, yeah. If we and, and and if you're if you learn anything from that Baltimore game, you need to learn this: run the freaking ball okay you can run the ball on uh you run, run the, ball on the ball on kansas city and commit to it because if christian mccaffrey gets the touches he needs and he just finds that zone it's game over ain't, 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 ain't no coming back okay and do <sighs> what my guy and do what my guy luke says don't take your eyes off Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Go watch you take your eyes, if you talk your if you take your eyes off of, off of Travis Kelsey, shame on you because Patty Mahomes gonna find you. You're gonna, <laughs> if you peeking in the backfield, or you peeking over here and trying to find out where my curly hair is, oh <laughs> look, it's over with. Okay, so keep your eyes on Travis Kelsey and make sure you run the ball. Okay, make Pacheco be the one to beat you. And and Pacheco, he's a fantastic runner. Fantastic running back. Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, <laughs> clearly the San Francisco and the 49ers have the upper hand. And I, I, it's gonna come. It's it's it, and I think Brock Purdy, because of this this running game, if they stick to it, that passing game is gonna open up. And all I gotta say is Kittle. I, Where did, where's Kittle at? <laughs> oh, he's right there because the play action that came up, and then I'm just gonna dump it over behind the linebackers, and he's wide open. He's gonna take off. He's gonna brace the tackle. We're gonna have some good. We're gonna hey, listen. Listen, the 49ers they they winning. Bang 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 nine again. Nine again. Yeah. No, I I didn't think I was gonna have to use this button today. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we were, I'm gonna tell we were you why having such a great day. The press conference, everything was sunny and stuff, and then y'all came in here and bet against Pat Mahomes in January. Have y'all learned nothing in the past like five years? Are you Don't not bet against, dude. Don't bet against Pat Mahomes in January. It's February now. We I'm just did. I can't do it. I Man, can't. I can't. Desmond, you you chose the Ravens last week. No, I did not. I picked the Chiefs. I, I I came into this playoffs thinking I am not betting against Pat Mahomes. They got it together at the end of the I, year. I, I can't no. remember. I picked I picked the Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs the week before too. Like I'm picking the Chiefs this week. It's the Chiefs that we are in the middle of a Chiefs dynasty and don't realize it, or maybe we do realize it. and We don't want to admit it, but this is this is a Chiefs dynasty that's happening right now. People keep talking about when's Andy Reid going to retire. Why does he need to? He ain't got to retire. He's got the best player on the planet. Like, 
He can fill Jackson this thing for the next seven years if he wants to and yeah. just let Pat Mahomes do his thing. He's already proven he can win with whatever he's got around him. He's yeah. literally – Pat Mahomes is the best player in football. Christian McCaffrey's right. right there underneath him. You want to know something about Patrick Mahomes, though? Everybody talks about this game manager stuff and, and playmaker. I'll tell you what really makes a game changer is the ability to be the best guy on the team, clearly, but the ability to understand when to manage and when to take over. Yes. Because that's yes. what Patrick Mahomes does really well, and that's what he's crafted his game to, especially this year. There's been times where nothing goes right in the passing game. So you know what the game plan is? Hey, yo, Pacheco, um, I need you to go out there and run crazy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> open some open open some things up for me, okay? I'm a man, I'm a manager. So we ain't gonna score immediately, but we're gonna end up scoring. Just just trust the system. Okay? It's not a bad thing either to be called a game manager. We have to say this every week. The, the entire league is game managers. There's only four game changers that even exist right. currently right now. To some extent, or else you're not a good quarterback. Exactly. Like you gotta it, it's okay to be a game manager. We're just saying game changers can do some things that game managers just can't. And that's all it really is. Pat Mahomes can throw a ball behind his back. Yeah. Pat Mahomes can throw a, a ball, a no-look pass in football. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying things that don't make sense. <laughs> like, that, that's not supposed to happen. One or the other is the thing. You have to have a, a healthy mix. A healthy mix. Right, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think Cam uh, summed that up best, the, I think, last week or so, where he was like, there were times where he was like, I knew I was a game changer, but there were times where I could have been a game changer more and I wasn't. Uh, and looking back on it, I should have been. Whereas a game manager can't have those thoughts because they, they their 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 game is not situated where they can turn it on in the middle of a game and sense the moment and go after it like that. They're they're wired to don't turn the ball over and get this play ran. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's a difference. But I ain't betting against Kansas City. I'm sorry, I'm not well, doing it. I, I've play, done it before. Maybe it we'll stupid. do it. We'll do it. We'll, do it. we'll do it for you. <laughs> okay, because I. Good luck All I know that. is that uh, <laughs> plus one, if you're plus one in the turnover ratio, 82%. Uh, that's 82%, baby. Yeah, I love it. And I, I, I want to say, quote, quote my man Dave Canellas, man. Shout out. I like him. I like him. And I feel bad because my uh, my Steeler friends and other friends that aren't Panther fans, they were like, you're jumping back on that Hope bus again, aren't you? And I was like, I didn't want to be like, yeah, because it was so soon <laughs> at the end of the year where we were all despondent and we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't score any points. And I can't help it. I am hopeful. Like, it sounds like they got it right. And if they got it right, now the work begins. Now we'll see what they're going to actually do with the, you know, filling out the and roster. You be patient. Somebody you asked about the uh, restart about button. The restart button exists. So hit it, hit it as soon as possible. So that way you can just be in it. Yep. This offseason, you got to think to yourself, look, I'm patient. Whatever happens, my hands are, are, are an offering to being a fan, a committed fan. I'm going to die hard this thing out because this is what it's about. Because before the Carolina Panthers got the culture, they had to go through some hard things. Hard okay. times, like Dusty Rhodes would say. And, and, legit, and, little, and, and legitimately – you know, had to suffer and be around hard times. Like Sam Mills, that wasn't an easy thing for that organization experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So 
when you talk about keep pounding, this isn't just like, oh, yeah, football. No, this is life. Okay. And so I think this organization is heading in the right path. And I think, you know, with the, the leadership that they're play, putting in place, you know, we'll, we'll be able to chant keep pounding um, on Sundays and Thursdays and Saturdays and Mondays, um, you know, with, with some with some emphasis behind it and some meaning, especially to the, you know, the younger generation that is taking fold in, into the fan world. So I think, I think we'll uh, actually that's probably a good place to stop it right there. Um, uh, follow, uh, go rate, subscribe, um, believe in Panthers, on all major podcast platforms on the Believe Podcast Network. If you want the video, you can catch it each week on Tobacco Roads YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Uh, shout out to everybody who's been finding us over the past couple of weeks. Our uh, our print has been growing, so to speak, a little bit in terms of uh, people recognizing us and understanding what we do and everything else with the Panthers. Believe has given us some compliments on some of the stuff we've done recently, so we really appreciate all the support. Uh, it's been a hard year. It's been a hard four years <laughs> to do this on, on the Panthers, and somehow we've been able to pump out content for you guys, so thank you so much for being here. Um, I don't think we're going to be on next week. That's why we do the Super Bowl stuff into this one. Uh, we're going to enjoy the week off next week, going to the Super Bowl, and then probably back right after to talk about the aftermath. Uh, as Pat, Pat Mahomes holds up his third Super Bowl ring in four years or whatever it would be. or Not that right? Is that three and four? Yeah, it would be three and four, wouldn't it? Uh, no, three and five. Brock, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey. I'll be happy either way. I don't really have a dog in the fight, but I'm just saying. I, I'm just, I can't bet against Kansas City. I just uh, – plus <laughs> uh, the whole Taylor Swift thing too, what it, it seems like they were supposed to do this. And then what hey, if man. Uh, what Look, if Travis Kelsey proposes to her at the end of the game on the podium as they're raising the Lombardi trophy and then Travis mm-hmm. gets down on one knee and everybody's like, ah. You think they're not – Hey Desmond, if you if if the if the Chiefs lose, you got to eat five scoops of mayonnaise. What? <laughs> I wouldn't do that if it was the Panthers in the Super Bowl. Hey. Nah. Five scoops of mayonnaise. Oh, I can spend it either way. <laughs> Why do you have mayonnaise off to the Dukes. side, it's like ready to go? Mayo bowl. Yeah, yeah now, I won't bet against them, but I won't put my life on line for them either. Like they ain't my team. Uh, so you so you're saying mayonnaise? So you saying mayonnaise is life threatening? Yeah, no, I draw the line at mayonnaise. Five cups. I can't. You said five cups. You didn't say five tablespoons. I said five. I said five. I said five said, cups. I said yeah. five. <laughs> five, yeah, five spoons. Five, five, how about five tablespoons? Mayonnaise or Miracle Whip? Mayonnaise, not Miracle Whip. You know Miracle That's Whip me. tastes good. Mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, let me think about it. I'll think about it. All right. If I did something like that, I have to do it on air. No. Just to get something. Yeah, do it on. Yeah, do it on air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we put on a snow. Air. Put it on a snow cone. <laughs> Before we give Stu any more ideas of random things for me to eat if the Chiefs lose, we're going to get out of here. Uh, hot sauce and, <laughs> enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll be back after that. Uh, follow us on all of our social media. Uh, Believing Panthers has social media accounts now on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and well, there was a Facebook page, but they, Facebook took it down. It's a long story. Um, you can fo- find us there. So <laughs> for Skylar Callahan, for Jonathan Stewart, I'm Desmond Johnson. Don't go to that DEZ underscore 3505 Twitter account. They're trying to sell you uh, Bitcoin or something. It's not me. It's not me. Unfollow it. Go go get to my other account, Des Johnson underscore 3505. Uh, you've been watching and listening to Believe in Panthers podcast on Believe Podcast Networks. Keep pounding. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. 
Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.